0: What's up producers, it's Sam Matler here and this is the EDM Podcast, a one-half talk show with my friend Levi Whalen, and one-half interviews with artists, engineers and industry people. Anyway, I'm currently at Amsterdam Dance Event, which is the reason why my mic quality isn't great. I'm using Apple headphones, but I just had to get this podcast out. And this episode, episode 14, is with Rico and Miala. Rico and Miela are both classically trained producers, musicians and vocalists and they've had some incredible releases over the past few years, which is not surprising at all when you factor in their knowledge and skill. In this episode we talk about their workflow, including how to get through the mundane parts of production, how they process their vocals and the benefits of getting out the box and composing on an instrument along with much more. I hope you enjoy the show, and without further ado, here is Rico and Allen. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course, many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Rico and Miala, it is fantastic to have you on the show. Thanks heaps for coming on.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: Uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited for this because you two, you know, you're a duo and you're both producers and vocalists, which is is not that common, especially in the uh, the dance music world. So I want to kick things off. Uh, you know, for those listening who don't know you that well. Why not give us a little bit of background? Who are you and how did you get to where you are today?
2: Um, okay, so we actually have both known each other for a really long time, I think since high school, mm-hmm. so yeah, almost like 10 years. Uh, we're both classically trained musicians. I play piano and guitar. Um, Miela, uh,
1: I'm my main. Instrument is voice, of course, and I play a little bit of guitar and piano as well, just to complement singing.
2: Um, And basically, we both went away to school. I went to school for music. I went for other things and started getting into dance music while um, away at college. And then we had come back and both started working together, and it kind of just was an accident almost. She was singing on a few songs that I had made and um once a management company had heard us our managers now actually they're like oh wow well, why don't you guys become a duo like you have so many songs together and it kind of just like clicked and made sense because our writing has now been such like a it's something that we do together for practically everything so it was sort of like a blessing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool and you know you mentioned you're both classically trained. Uh how does that affect your your production and songwriting process? How much does it help?
2: Um, I would say tremendously because from every side of the coin, like if we get sent sometimes uh, an instrumental and people ask us to sing on them, a lot of times they're not really like up to par with like the chords that they chose exactly. And we'll just sit down at the piano and rework the song our own way. And it kind of helps us write like that. Or, you know, when we're making our own productions, just to be able to draw on our wealth of, like, knowledge on music theory and sit down at an instrument and actually play and not just have to, you know, plug notes in MIDI helps us a lot, I think. Um, Because I'm not so stuck in this, uh, like, very mechanical form. I get to be a little creative. And I think it's the same for Miela Mm -hmm. because a lot of times – mean she'll pick up guitar yeah sometimes
1: like if I find like if we are writing stuff on our own I'll switch back and forth between guitar and piano just because listening to the track over and over sometimes I you know get stuck in a box so I'll try to switch it up with my instruments and then it'll kind of inspire me to try something else melodically and take it a different turn
0: it's interesting that you mention you find yourself more creative because I know some people are Hesitant to learn an instrument or learn music theory, for example, because they feel like it's going to be detrimental to their creativity, like they're putting too much rules on it, yeah, or, or something like that. I,
2: I've heard some people say that. We actually have a friend who <laughs> yes. feels that way about certain things. It's, but you know, I think that there is a a point that you break outside of being defined by your instrument, like if you're comfortable enough at piano, I've been playing piano for like 20 years. So I don't feel like the piano limits me. It's like a part of me at this point. And I, you know, can do or express myself in a lot of ways that maybe someone who's just picking up piano might feel very limited and scared because it it could be frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I could see how that might make you feel like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I'm stuck with this one instrument. I can only do this, but for me, it's been really easy to be so creative with piano because it's been something that's been with me so long. So I really couldn't imagine the creative process without it. Like for us, yeah. you know, we're not the type who sits on an airplane and then will like be producing songs because. It's, it's really foreign to, I think, both of us to look at a computer screen and have that be the only way. Like, yeah, after the things laid down, like, sure, like, I'll pull MIDI from the things I played and, you know, start making atmospheres and this and that. That's not a problem. But, like, to start an idea by drawing in chords is, like, so strange and foreign that I think it limits me the, uh, the opposite way.
0: <laughs> right, for sure. And I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper into this into your workflow obviously you start with playing an instrument it sounds like Uh, but from that stage say you've come up with an idea whether that's a melody or a chord progression how do you take that from idea stage to full arrangement stage or or complete song?
2: Um, There's like a few parts in this process like anything that is starting in our camp you know, there's, like, a roll the dice on how many different ways that we might be starting a song. Like, um, Miela sometimes will come with with chords or a vocal melody.
1: Yeah, like, I write on, most of the time I choose to write on, like, acoustic guitar. So I'll just write, like, a song in Rico and be like, oh, I came up with this yesterday. I really like it. And then we'll kind of just develop stuff around that melody or vice versa Rico will be sitting in the studio and he's like oh I came up with this song last night and then we'll just like start bouncing back ideas with each other and most of the time I feel like the melodies come first with like vocals and then we really I mean we are very particular about lyrics so that takes most time like after the song is pretty much there
2: yeah but uh definite like to get back exactly to what You are asking about arranging, like that's usually pretty far in the process for us because a lot of times we'll be spending a lot of time coming up with instrumental melodies with the exact chords and we'll just sort of make a lot of loops. Like we're working in Ableton, so we'll use, um, I think it's the session view, Mm -hmm. or you know which view I mean, the weird one. (laughs) And and we'll come up with like a whole bunch of different, like uh, different takes on the chords that we have, different sounds for melodies until like we get super comfortable with what we have. And then usually what we do is, you know, we'll go back, revisit our vocal ideas, start getting them really locked in place. Then we sort of go out and like lay the song out and determine like, yeah, here's the low energy part of the verse, the hook and, and really get it. But it's a lot of times our songs will sit with us for a really long time. And we just like, keep trying to feel them out and then see the direction that they go. And arranging usually tends to be like the very last thing that we're doing.
0: Right. Right. That's interesting. And I, you mentioned a long time, but I just know that some listeners are going to be curious and I don't particularly like asking this question uh, because it's different for everyone, but how long on average would a song take to complete?
2: Um, You know, for us, it. it <laughs> it could range a really long time. Like, so to talk about winds, so I'll mm-hmm. tell how long that was. That was
1: about a month. I feel like,
2: yeah. I don't
1: know. I, I, Wins felt like it happened really quickly. And then if you listen back to ghosts, that was <laughs> almost like a few years. Because oh, it was, wow. Yeah. I mean, it well, changed a lot. Mm. It evolved a lot.
2: So. Yeah. Especially when we're working with other producers, like uh, with Joey, uh, he's, he's young and he's like very fast and like we had sent him, um, he, well, he, he kind of wrote us and asked about doing that song and we put together the, the breakdown. I think it the breakdown maybe took me like three days to like lay out like, Hey, this is how we want this breakdown to sound and got some sounds together. And then I sent him over my instrumental demo and he sent us back a, a drop in like, Two days, which was like really fast. Like that that was the kind of song that just goes together. But then from there, we were like, all right, well, let's add in all these little cool things. Like, and if you listen to the instrumental, there's like these snare, like, kind of hits and guitar stuff and all these like pretty ambient things. And that stuff, you know, took like about another week. And then the vocal, I think, was the longest for this (laughs) because we wrote three vocals for this song before we settled on the one. That everyone heard which is wins but there was two other versions of this song before we got here so that was about maybe two weeks of the whole process
0: ah uh, right right i see uh so obviously there's like a a stage where a lot of tweaking goes on i know that a lot. yeah I, I know that a lot of people including me to be honest getting to that stage is enjoyable I and mean, then you get to that stage and it can be quite uh mundane and sometimes frustrating is there anything any kind of habits or tricks that you employ to uh kind of keep working through that stage keep pushing on uh because i mean it's essential but at times it can be really hard
2: yeah um i know for me a part that i like to do is i'll take each part of the track and work on just that for a night so for instance in winds like from the second drop into the verse there's some really cool reverse effects and just like really cool atmosphere things before the vocal even comes back in that's just like a couple of hours of work and I'll just sit there focus on that and just make it like I'll try to impress myself in a way and be like all right what really cool new thing and that keeps that like mundane going for a weird effects part to be fun Mm. because I feel like at the end of it, I step back and I listen. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm proud of this one really cool section that I did that I don't know if anyone else cares about, but at the end, it's a better song for yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, that keeps it for me, I know, interesting and gets me through those boring kind of parts of the things that would be super tedious.
0: Right, right, for sure. Uh, I want to talk about vocals for a moment because, I mean, they they really are an integral part of your sound. You you mentioned that you kind of leave them till last. That's interesting to me. I always thought it would be something that uh, comes in the earlier stages of the track. Uh, but in terms of processing vocals, how do you normally go about doing that Like from a mix perspective?
2: Um, yeah, so <laughs> recently the way that we started processing vocals has really grown and developed and I think like changed... A lot from what we used to do, like our earlier songs were very simple and, you know, maybe like one lead vocal and the hook might have, like in our song Ghost is just three parts. There's like uh, the main line for Miela's hook and a whisper track and I think a harmony. And that's pretty much it.
1: An octave and stuff.
2: Yeah. So really simple. Now we've started to do a lot more with like backing and stereo image with our vocals and wins I want to say is like the hook might be, you know, the main is like, I think like there's a front main vocal two playing on the sides of it and then like eight backing tracks. Um, And to be honest, that's like not even the craziest that we've started to get into. If we want to have like a choir type sound, we just did something with like 32 tracks. I mean, it gets to be, enormously annoying to be editing that many vocals. But after you hear it, you're like, Oh my God, well, now I know why I did that. Um, but for as far as the processing and mixing effects, um, UAD plugins are absolutely amazing. And we've really started to use those exclusively for our uh, vocal mixes. So the, the um, LA-2A, the 1176 compressor, from them are great we always use those we use the pull tech eq to bring in the high end um, a lot of dsing because all this compression that goes on and and usually we you know will compress ds add another compressor like onto a group then we'll like take those vocal groups the the main ones the backing maybe my vocal and run those into a bus and do a little bit more final compression there so There's a lot of compression on our vocals. Winds is a a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, It sounds pretty hectic.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. And then, you know, for the final step, like after we get like the right mix sort of is to add in effects and we like using like a lot of returns. We'll have like, you know, just for the vocals, like maybe four different returns, like two different types of reverbs that will kick in, you know, at the end, like the tail end of a phrase and maybe like, you know, uh, I'll use H delay for a delay at the end of a phrase. Mm. And we'll do cool things with like panning or detuning the reverb or, you know, auto pan. Uh, just like try to keep stuff interesting and catch people's attention.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> I was going to ask this question from a kind of a different standpoint initially, but because you start on instruments, it might be a little bit different. Uh, one thing that stands out in your productions is the melodies I mean they're memorable they're they just I don't know they they're they're amazing and I'm sure that being classically trained helps here but do you have any tips or tricks for for writing those kind of melodies the progressive house uh, you know the big uh, euphoric kind of sounding melodies
2: Um, I think a really big part, and I think Miela would agree, is like a lot of music comes down to the chords that you choose to use. And the voicings that you use in those chords determine so much about how your melody can sound and fit. So, you know, even from a vocal standpoint, we'll sit there and we'll, you know, simple four chord type pop song maybe like one of the chords is just the wrong chord to write a melody over. And it's the kind of thing that'll, it'll deter you from writing something good or catchy. So I would always go back to, and I think, you know, it's the same is like, Mm -hmm. make sure your chords are the right chords start there because any melody you put over the right chords is going to feel right. Especially if, you know, you understand how to use the voicings from those chords to help your melody.
0: And I think uh, that's where music theory comes into play, because if you don't know about voicing open and closed voicing inversions I, I imagine it would be very hard to kind of employ that when you're when you're writing progressions and melodies. Uh, would you agree?
2: um yeah, totally. I think that um, having that background for me it's like now it's just sort of second nature. I don't really think so much about. You know how I'm going to voice the chords as much as like I know what the sound I'm going for is, and I'll be sitting at a piano and I'll invert the chord just because you know I, I kind of know at this point like this is a better way to voice you know carrying tones over between so chords, so this kind of stuff. sorry to
0: interrupt you so you know that you know how something's going to sound before you actually do it.
2: Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go that far that I'd say that every time, but <laughs> um, but. I would know that, like, you know, if I'm gonna play, you know, we'll just keep this as simple as possible. If we're gonna do, you know, uh, a C major chord or an A minor chord, which tones that I would be carrying over just as I'm playing it on the piano, because I've played through these chord progressions so many times in so many different keys. So, you know, there's really only like a one note difference between an A minor and a C major chord. But if you voice them, incorrectly you're going to make a a whole bunch of notes essentially move on your keyboard when you only have to change one so for me as i'm playing like this is something that i've been doing so long i think that i just tend to do it that way and in a bigger scheme of things like as we're playing through chords a lot of times i'll know like if i am just going through coming up with chord progressions, i'll hear like okay that one's going to make vocals get stuck on a certain note here because like one of the voices is like just way too high for instance, and no, and it's going to carry the melody to want to go there.
0: Right. Right. Gotcha. Uh, do, do you encounter writer's block or creative block? And if so, what do you do to, to overcome it?
1: Um, I can kind of answer that question because when that happens for us, the biggest thing that we do first is usually change our environment. Um, you know we get writer's block all the time and sometimes there's just songs that we have to revisit for certain things and you know sometimes you get a little stuck on things but um it's really nice that we have each other to bounce back and forth because you know if i'm stuck on a melody and i'm like why isn't this working Rico's like okay try this you know what i mean or same thing and then you know lyrics like that, like I said before, we're really particular in what we choose. So, um, we'll try to just dig deeper and changing the environment. Also like switching up instruments back and forth, like switching to guitar or piano, like that also helps. And then, um, you know, sometimes just, just like wipe an idea and just be like, okay, let's just try something completely different and then see what happens, you know?
2: Yeah. It, our writer's block, like it does happen, but because there's two of us and there's so many outlets, it's usually the only time that we really get stuck is when we're just like absolutely not connecting with the song. So other than that, I think that it's nice that we have the two of us because our writer's block is usually overcome pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the, I suppose, biggest benefits to working as a duo. However, I'm, I'm curious, mostly because- I, You know, I, I, I produce by myself. I've done a few collaborations. Are there any cons to working as a duo? Are there any, you know, hard parts?
2: I think that the only time that there's that there's a hard part, if it's a duo, as a duo, and it's like if there's something that like, for instance, that Miela would really just like want to go out in left field and do or something that I would want to go the total opposite direction and be like weird with, I think that's the only time where you feel like the other one's probably not going to want to do that. <laughs> and we're, you know, it's not that we get stuck in the middle because we're happy with like where we end up. But I think that would be the only thing is like being extremely experimental. I think sometimes it's a little harder as a duo to get yourself there. Cause you're already established our relationship and our writing style in a different direction.
0: Mm, that, that makes sense. Um. Yep. Now, I I haven't asked this question to anyone before, but someone in the EDM prod Facebook group wanted me to ask it. Was there a a tough decision or some tough decisions that you had to make that have had a significant impact on your careers? And if so, what was it or what were they? Um. Oh uh,
1: yeah. I was gonna say. Um. You know, us as vocalists, they it's very easy for people to just assume that we're featured, you know, on our own tracks. And that's something, that's something that's like we battle with every day, especially for wins. Like Rico did so much work. And along with Joey, like it was a true collaboration, you know, 50, 50. And when we see people like, Oh, Joey Dale featuring Rico and Miela, it kind of takes away the respect as like producers get, because they just think that we're just the singers all the time.
2: Yeah. So I think the thing is that having done vocals first for people because the opportunities were so good in the beginning, I think that was something that definitely impacted us in a big way because right off the bat, I think our first vocal was on Armada and we had already been producing and had songs that we were getting ready to release as a duo, but the opportunity was there to you know, gain traction. And I think that decision definitely has been something that we've dealt with for the past couple years because every opportunity that artists work with us, they'll come ask us what songs we have. We'll send them instrumentals, demos we have, and they'll work on it. And a lot of times we get stuck in this, like, you know, last minute sort of thing. Like, hey, guys, we want to feature you and not have you, you know, get producer credit on it, even though, you know, it's our song. (laughs) uh, That's
1: that's the biggest thing. Yeah,
2: and even, like, a lot of people who are hitting us up for new tracks are still, still coming to us and saying, like, Oh, do you guys want to do a, a vocal? I loved wins. Well, yeah, I mean, we would like to do a vocal with you, but we also did the music. <laughs> and yeah. so that's been a, probably, I think our biggest thing that we've, you know, dealt with that made a career changing sort of
0: mm. path for us. One more question before we jump into these, these quick fire questions. If you had to start again at square one, what would you do differently?
2: I think we could both answer that differently. (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for me, I feel like, like, um, I would definitely start sooner. I mean, I started singing when I was like 11, but as like songwriting goes with Rico and I, I, I wish we would have maybe started like straight out of high school (laughs) and just kept going and practiced more. Um, to just, you know, perfect my art a little bit more. And I wish that I would have stuck with um, maybe taking more instruments, like or sticking with piano or sticking with just guitar to like really support myself as like a songwriter and just, you know, gain more knowledge with that instrument. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think for me, if I could go back and do things differently is like, have a better grasp on what the music industry is. Cause Mm. though we have managers who are doing this for us, there's still a lot of planning and deciding on our end. And I think it took (laughs) a lot of like misfires or sort of tries to get it right. Cause I had done production under just my own name for a little while. And there's some tracks that I'm a little sad that I published maybe too soon Mm. or without the right connections. And uh, I think like, if I could go back, I would like to start with just like, hey, you know, these are the right ways to do things in the music industry, and these are definitely the wrong ways. And I think that if I had that knowledge, we might be even in a little further position than yeah. trial right now. and error, though. Trial and error, yeah, and we're yeah. happy to be where we are for sure.
0: <laughs> right, definitely. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, I asked someone this question, and they said the answer was nothing because you know, you you kind of do have to learn from your mistakes. So good point. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, we'll jump into these quick fire questions. What's one place you really want to play a show at, but haven't done so yet?
1: Spain. Um, Spain. Spain. (laughs) I don't know if you heard me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I think
2: we both love to play in Ibiza.
0: (laughs) Cool. Uh, Who would you like to work with in the future? Like dream collaboration.
1: Porter Robinson. (laughs)
2: yeah Uh, yeah porter porter axwell
0: axwell for sure yeah Yeah. uh as producers and musicians what's the best piece of advice you've been given
2: i would say that just give yourself a lot of time to learn who you are as a musician and keep practicing i think the one problem with people who try to do it professionally is they don't give themselves enough time because it's we've grown so much in the past couple of years as songwriters and producers. It's like,
1: and even as a duo, like from back in the day, we both stem from different roots of music. And like, I feel like it took us a while to find ourselves. And once Rico and Miela kind of just, it just worked, you know? And,
2: And now we have like a direction and I think that it just takes time. So like, don't give up on yourself. Just keep practicing, spend more time in the studio, spend more time with your instrument or singing, whatever it is, because the, the more time that you put into it, especially if it's the right time, you know, like is going to pay off in the end and just, you know, be patient.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no substitute for, uh, <laughs> for putting in the hours, I suppose. Uh, I haven't put this question on here, but I'm curious for someone who maybe wants to learn music theory or take up an instrument. Are there any books or resources that you recommend?
1: I think we're really fortunate to live in this time because the internet, you can just look up anything and everything. And you could learn something overnight there's just a, by researching. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of
2: good YouTube courses for music theory because I had, um, I used to teach music theory and like piano lessons. So I would always look for new resources for my students. Um, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of like the names of some specific ones. But if you go, the, the one problem is, you know, a lot of people don't know how to read music and both of us do. So I'm not going to just say go to the music store, go pick up a music theory book because there's going to be all these notes in there that you're going to have no idea how to read. Um, but I would say YouTube, honestly, there's so many great people who just put Italian. their put time on the, the Internet to make these videos for free for people and i would say go there spend some time learn basic music theory start with you know just understanding the scales jump to chords pretty quickly because it should make sense and once you understand that start getting into like the um creative. The, the creative side of it get into like if you understand the um classical side to music theory and understand you know what we were talking about before like voicings and common tones and passing tones and uh if you go back and you learn about that stuff, as you're doing it, you'll you'll make more musical, for lack of a better term, music. When you listen to Zed, I think you could hear it in his music, how often like his chords are all very properly done. Like his instrumentals, when you listen to him, you could write a hit over all of them. You maybe write ten different hits over them mm. for that reason. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh for sure. Good advice. Any last words for for people listening?
2: Um
1: well, We have new music. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh check out our last song Winds Unrevealed with Joey Dale. Uh it was number two on Deeport on the Progressive Chart. Um we're working on some new collaborations with some people that we're really excited about. I wish that we could say them. <laughs> They're definitely the biggest ones. Yeah. That we have, yeah. And and then um happily we are working on our ep or album depending upon how many songs though we have more than enough for it to be an album we're just very uh, mm-hmm. particular with like what we put out so it might wound up being an ep but we have our own solo releases uh that'll be coming out and uh i would say 2016 like the beginning okay <laughs> yeah
0: know. i was gonna ask if you have any uh, estimated release date for the ep album but <laughs> I suppose that's a hard yep. question to answer.
2: Yeah. But all the songs, luckily, I think that all the songs are written and half-produced, so...
0: Awesome. That gives you they're no almost idea. there. Okay, they're <laughs> almost <laughs> there. Uh, all right. Well, thank you both for coming on. It's been a, a fantastic uh, discussion. Where can people find you online?
1: Definitely. We have our own website, so ricoandmiela.com. Mm-hmm. Also, Facebook is – we're very interactive with our fans on Twitter, Instagram, you know, the basic stuff. Our SoundCloud, of course. And yeah, we and they're have, all
2: just slash Rico to Miella. Uh,
1: yeah. Sorry, forgot to add that. <laughs> also, um, like, if you wanted to see – we have really cool music videos that are – managers have done for us on youtube you could find almost videos for every single song we have out
2: they're a little sporadic they're mostly on the labels pages but you can find them there
0: awesome all right thanks again
1: thank you